uh, entitled uh, anything could happen. We're going we're gonna to talk about how anything can happen. When you look at the story of Christmas, um, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, the angels in the field, the shepherds, the wise men, uh, I mean, I mean, all, every angle of this story is straight up miraculous. And, and I just feel like I feel like one preaching about the story of Christmas because the, that's the the reason for the season is uh, the, the the passages that we find in the Bible in the Gospels. But not only that, I feel like we need to enter into 2018 with 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 maybe a, a, a higher level of expectation of what God could do, of what could happen if we just simply believed that God was able to do what he says he's able to do. Uh, I think it was Leonard Ravenhill who said, one of these days, somebody's gonna um, pick up a Bible, read it, believe it, and do what it says, and everybody else is gonna be shocked. <laughs> it's like, it's like we, 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 we talk about it, we sing about it, we listen to sermons about it, um, we preach sometimes sermons about it, but we don't always lock in our expectation level as if it's actually going to happen. Um, you can you can you can pray for something for a long time, but never even expect it to happen. And so, what I want to do over the next three weeks is really help raise your level of expectation of what God can do uh, in this church, of what God can do in this city, of what God can do with like even with keep kids fed. I mean, we're feeding 101 kids this time last year. We were feeding like 15 kids. So you don't know what God can do suddenly. I mean, instantly. Just just the connections and the doors that can open up for you that God can do in, in, in just one phone call more than, more than you can think or even imagine. God can open up so much in your life. And, and what I want to do is I just want to try to stir you up a little bit to, 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 to get out of the, the humdrum, everything is going to be the same as it's always been. 2018 is going to be like 2017, which was kind of like 2016, which wasn't a good year. And so we just keep on keeping on. And, and, and to me, you have to, if you really want to receive from God, you have have to have an anything can happen mentality because God can do anything. We serve a God who can do anything at any time. He's not restricted by time and space. He's not restricted by the things that restrict you and me. He's not restricted by governments. He's not restricted by, by politicians. We don't have to wait for another election for God to do something. God can do anything at any given point. He does, he's not restricted to the processes that you and I are restricted to. And so part of what I want to do is I want to, I want to lift our expectation level up a little bit just simply by looking at the Christmas story. So if we could look at Luke chapter 1, they're going to put up on the screen. Um, the first passage that we're going to look at is, is a visit by an angel named Gabriel who visits a young woman named Mary. She's probably about somewhere between 12 and 14 years old at this point. And uh, we're going to read the story. Luke 1, uh, 26 says, In the sixth month... Uh, that's important. We'll get to that later. But in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man. Now that word betrothed is old school. Um, a lot of modern translations will say uh, engaged. But honestly, betrothed is a more accurate word because I, she was more than engaged. She was legally married um, to this man, to this man Joseph. We find out his name's Joseph later on. But she was legally um, married to him. They just hadn't come together yet. So in, in ancient 
Palestine, the way the weddings worked is basically uh, the, 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 the husband uh, and, and his father would get together um, with the potential bride and her father and they would say, okay, uh, these guys want to get married. And then they would work out a contract. They would work out a deal. And then they would sign that. I think it was called the, the kubata. They would sign the contract, which, which was the marriage contract. And so she, might, she was probably much younger than 12 or 14 when she actually got married. Um, but she wasn't, quote, given in marriage until later on. And so it would usually be a period of about five to seven years where the husband would have to go off and, and raise about a year's salary in order to pay for the bride price. Now, during this time, she's married and he's married, um, and he's got to raise, you know, what is that today? About 40, 40K? <laughs> I think, I, I, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I think, I think we ought to reinstate this. I think, I think this is something that we got to bring back. Um, where, where, where the, where, man, if you want to marry her, you need to come back with about $40,000 and uh, it'll be good. We'll, 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 we'll work it out. Uh, but no, um, what it does is it kind of divides up the punks. From <laughs> it kind of weeds out all the guys who are like, I don't have a job. I'm living in my mom's basement, but I'm going to be a success because, I mean, I got vision. You know, that's great for your vision, but show me the money. Anyway, uh, I'm just, just preaching. I'm just preaching. Those of you who are single, you might want to take notes. Uh, you know, uh, vision's great, but let's talk about what you got on the bank account. And so anyway, uh, Joseph is out. He's making the dough enough to be able to pay for her in order to receive her, in order for the two of them to come together, right? So they haven't come together yet. Let's just leave it at that. Um, she's a virgin. She's legally married. And for, and, and, and for her to back out of this, it would be a divorce. Like it would be a legal divorce. You have to go through the whole proceeding, uh, all that, the whole thing. I mean, because she's legally married. So the man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Go on to the next verse, verse 28. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Uh, and she's surprised by an angel just showing up at her house. And she's scared. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, this is Gabriel bringing this message. He says, I, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is one of the most uh, amazing, deep, theologically uh, intricate sentences about Jesus. And he just lays it on her. And Mary said to the angel... How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child that is to be born will be called holy. He will literally be the son of God. This is the only time in history this has ever happened. It's called the virgin birth. This is one of the special aspects of Christianity. Uh, any other religion doesn't, doesn't claim this. Why? Because it's crazy. <laughs> but as I said at the beginning, anything can happen. That's right. That's why, that's why sometimes I think Christians need to be a little bit, 
I don't know, a little bit less cynical. Like sometimes uh, Christians make fun of other religions, you know, like uh, Hinduism, because they believe in reincarnation. They say, oh, that's silly. That's scientifically impossible. Yeah, you believe in <laughs> a virgin giving birth. You're not, you're not in any place to be saying that things don't make sense. The, the, the miraculous is not the problem that we have with other religions. Uh, so, you know, so, so sometimes we need to take, take a step back and look at our own, our own religion and understand that we believe in miracles. We believe in things that do not make sense. This is not scientifically a sturdy ground to be standing. You cannot prove that this happened. This is by faith. That she is born, that this child is going to be born of God. God's going to be the father. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. That's, that's pretty amazing because she was in her old age and she also has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. He, right? He's, 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 he's given some proof here. Once again, he's saying, look, Mary, anything can happen. Any, this is just FYI, anything can happen for nothing. Let's go, go ahead and read this together. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be, I want to lock in. That's basically the sentence of the next three weeks. Nothing will be impossible with God. God can do anything at any given point. Therefore, at any given point, anything can happen. There's a story in the Bible uh, about, about a guy who was, who was using a borrowed axe and he's out in the woods. I don't know if you ever read this. It's, in, it's an obscure passage in the Old Testament. He's got a borrowed axe and he's chopping away at this, at this tree and the top of the axe, the axe head breaks off of the base of the axe. This iron axe head goes flying into a river and it's a deep river. It lands kersplunk right in the middle of the river and it was borrowed. And so so the guy is standing on the side of the river and he's, he's shaken up because he doesn't have the money to repay the axe head that he had borrowed from his friend. And he's standing there on the side of the river. It's true. Just look it up in scripture. It's the axe head. Google it if you have to. The axe head falls in the middle of the river. He's standing there and he's bummed about it. And there happens to be, uh, I think it was Elijah, one of the great prophets, happens to be standing nearby. And he says, man, what's the matter? And he explains, well, this borrowed axe head went flying into the middle of the river. It's down at the very bottom and I can't get it. And so, Elijah, and so the prophet says, hey, no worries, just, just check this out. And, 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 and the prophet just extends his hand and the ax head starts floating to the top of the, of the river. Now, this is crazy. Iron axe heads don't float. But, but this, why would God include that story? It's one of the weirdest. I always thought it was one of the weirdest stories. Why would God put that in the Bible? So that you and I could know that anything, I mean, if an axe head can float, <laughs> If an accident can fly, anything can happen. Anything. God can do anything. I don't, I, I, I don't know what you've dropped in your life, and I don't know how heavy that is, but there was that old movie, the cheesy chick flick of Hope Floats. I don't know if Hope Floats, but, but I know axe heads can float. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, sometimes God just wants to let you know that he is all-powerful. He controls the elements of nature. He can change it and tweak it whenever he wants to in your favor. He's standing there mourning over the lost axe head. And the prophet says, that's, that's, that, 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 what, what does it say? That ain't a thing. That ain't a thing. He just stretches his hand out and the thing just floats 
The guy reaches out and grabs it and gives it back to his friend. I mean, there, there's another story where, the, where there, there was a guy named Balaam and he's riding on his donkey and, 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 he's, and he's, going, he's going somewhere and God wasn't happy about where he was going. So God sent an angel. Like this is real stuff in the Bible. It's kind of weird. You ought to read it sometimes. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's a real angel in the middle of the road. He can't see it because he's an angel. And, 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 but the donkey can sense it. Sometimes anim- <laughs> Sometimes the donkey that you're riding on is smarter than the donkey that's riding on the donkey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and the donkey can sense it. And so the donkey stops. And <laughs> uh, I'm cracking myself up right now. And the donkey stops. And Balaam is beating, kicking that donkey. The donkey's not moving. Because the angel's going to kill him. The angel's got a sword. He's hiding in the bushes. He's going to take out Balaam. And the donkey stops. And Balaam gets ticked off. He jumps off the donkey. starts beating the, sometimes the blind, sometimes the donkey who can't see starts beating donkeys who can see. This is a whole nother sermon level. But anyway, you get, like, he just gets angry. And he's beating the donkey. And he's, and because and, and he, and, 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 he won't move. And finally, God touches the donkey. This is in the Bible. It's crazy stuff. He touches the donkey and the donkey starts talking. <laughs> he turns to him and he's, yeah, like Shrek. He says, why are you beating me? <laughs> I mean, if donkeys can talk, people. Come on, like, you tell me about your problems, you tell me about the government, you tell me about North Korea. Donkeys can talk, y'all. I mean, anything can happen. If, 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 the, if the New England Patriots can beat the Atlanta Falcons, even though the Falcons had the ball in the 35-yard line, eight points in the lead, first and ten with less than two minutes remaining, anything can happen. It's not always good either, but anything, like God can do anything. you got to raise your level of faith. You, yeah, there's our Patriot, our one Patriot fan. He's excited about that. That connected. There's two. That's right. Northeast. Come on, somebody. we got some Bostonites coming in. I mean, you, you have to get out. you got to get God out of your box. And, and, and you gotta get you gotta get him out of your box. You gotta realize God's bigger than you. He's bigger than what you've seen. He's bigger than what you've heard. He's bigger than what you've planned. You've weighed all the options. You've seen it from every angle that you you. But you haven't seen it from His angle. You haven't you haven't seen what He's able to do for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I mean, the the level of miraculous here. It's just crazy. God is coming down. The Christmas story, uh, the folks here at the school wanted to make sure we didn't have any religious connotations in our tree. And I said, oh, you mean the Christ mass tree? No, there's nothing about Jesus in that at all. Nothing religious about Christmas. I mean, this whole story has God's miraculous hand just interwoven throughout it all. And sometimes we can get so practical and so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good. We get so locked into what we think we feel like makes sense. And, 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 it, and it locks us in a box. Or as Nacho Libre said, you only believe in science. <laughs> That's probably why we always lose. Oh, we always lose because you are fat. Just sorry, I just had to keep going. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, we, we, like, we, we claim to believe in this stuff, but we live as if we serve a God who could never do that. I mean, you know, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. 
But anything can happen and anything can happen suddenly. Anything can happen in a moment. Turn, uh, if, if, if we turn in our Bible just a little bit earlier in the book of Luke, this is Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 26. If we hit rewind in, in Luke chapter 1, we, we see another story uh, of the same angel. This is Gabriel, the same guy. Within six months, he's busy. And this angel appears to a man named Zechariah. Uh, he appeared to him, verse 11, the angel of the Lord standing right at the side of the altar of incense because Zechariah was a priest and he was going about his priestly duties. And uh, <laughs> man, Nacho Libre applies to everything. I'll tell you what, you got the Lord's chiefs, all kinds of stuff. He's going about his priestly duties. <laughs> And, and the angel just appears, like in the middle of, he's doing his thing. He's an older man. He's been doing this for years. He's getting ready to, be, to retire. He's been doing this for a long time. And the angel just appears in front of him. And Zechariah is troubled, just like Mary was when he saw him. Fear falls upon him. But the angel said to him, same thing. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. But only this time it's different. He says, your prayer has been heard. Well, this is interesting. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth will bear you a son, you will call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. We know that Zechariah and Elizabeth are advanced in years, as the Bible says. In other words, they're old, and they're well past having kids. They've been praying, obviously, to have kids, but that, but, but that time, that window has passed. <laughs> According to man's way of thinking, that window has passed. And so Zechariah is, is shocked and even troubled, scared, when the angel appears to him and gives him this great news. If we skip on down, he, he tells a little bit more about John, but we skip on down to, I think it's verse 18. Zechariah says to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. That's nice. He, he, he kind of worded it nicely for her. <laughs> She's mature. <laughs> the angel answered and said, I'm sorry, do, do you not know who I am? <laughs> I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you, to bring you this good news. Like, like the, 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 Gabriel's shocked and he says, all right, you want a sign? Here's your sign. You will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled. Isn't it crazy that you pray for something for 30 years, 40, you pray for something for so long, and yet when it actually comes to pass, you don't even believe that it's gonna come to pass because you were praying without expectation. You were praying without the mindset that anything could happen. You were praying thinking that God had to do things in a certain time frame and in a certain way, and, and even though the religious guy is, is, is praying and praying and praying, yet when God speaks to him. He can't even put faith in what God said. And so the angel says, you just need to shut up. That's what, what, what he says. You, you need to, like, and I think to some extent, that's what, that's what we have to do. I, I want to give you just two quick points today. The first one is the expectation effect. The expectation effect. See, it, it, Mary receives a word from God. And she believes in it. She's not rebuked by the angel. But Zechariah receives a word and he says, how will I know that this will happen? How, give me a sign so that I can believe. An angel appearing to me is not enough. <laughs> the word from God is not enough. Why? Because he had allowed his expectation to die. 
You can be doing all the right things, going to church, praying, doing all the right things, but if you allow your expectation to die, I, I've, I've seen so many people who are still praying, still going to church, but they don't expect nothing. In fact, they probably wouldn't even believe if God did actually show up in their life, that it was even God. They, they probably, they don't even assign things to God. They have, they're so, they have, they've allowed their expectation level to die in their life. They're going through the motions. And by the way, what you expect is often what you receive. It's often how you live. Your, your, your reality often reflects your expectation. If you expect to be rejected, you probably will be rejected. If you expect for people to be talking about you, people will probably start talking about you. If you expect to be fired, you probably will be fired. If you expect to fail, you'll probably fail. If you expect to not pass that class, you probably won't pass that class. So much of life comes down to what we have before the actual thing happens. It's what we expect out of a thing. And that's why, that's why Gabriel said, I can't have you going around talking to everybody about what you expect. Because you don't expect God to do anything, so you're going to have to be quiet. I, 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 I told you so that you could tell other people, but you've mixed in all of your doubt and all of your self-limitations and the fact that you're old and the fact that your wife is old. You know, I, I didn't even say anything about you guys or your age. I just told you what God was going to do in your life. And you start bringing all of this baggage into it and you, you kill the expectation level. You got to silence things that kill expectation in your life. You got you to gotta block people on Facebook that kill expectation. You got to... You, you got, or, or at least unfollow them. You know, maybe, maybe not block them. But just unf they, they don't even know when you unfollow them. I unfollow people all week long. It's just a one circle of unfollowing. And unfo it's, it's empowering. Just do it. You know, I mean, because yeah, I don't need to see all that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have room for all that negativity. I don't have room for all that stuff. I need, I need somebody who expects God to do something. I need somebody who expects God to move, expects God to get people saved. I don't, I'm not interested in pastors who've been doing the same thing over and over and over again for so many years. And they got, you know, they're five people and they're just holding out to the bitter end. No, let's get some people. I expect God to save people right here and right now, just like he's been doing for thousands of years. Austin is not that tricky, folks. It's not that bad. And God is able to do anything. Anything can happen. And so you got to raise your level of it. you got to silence voices. in, And sometimes it's not external voices. Sometimes it's internal voices. <laughs> it's self-doubt. It's self-hate. It's the fact you haven't forgiven yourself. Sometimes it's, the, it's, it's right here between your ears. Those are the things you got the hardest to shut off. The hardest things, because, I mean, you can turn off your phone. You can, you can, you can block people on Facebook, but you cannot, you cannot shut off the voices in your heads. But sometimes you got to shut off that voice because that's the most negative voice in your life. But you have to find a way to shut off the voices of negative expectation. You have to be able to believe that God can do things suddenly. God can do things suddenly. I'm excited about God doing things suddenly. I mean, I mean, you'd think, like, because I'm, I'm a strategic planner, right? And so I love planning. And my, my, my daughter's the same way. Um, my son doesn't get it. But we, we enjoy the process of planning. Because you, you build something. You put it together, and then it works. And it's awesome. It's just this for those of you that don't get it, I mean, fine, whatever. You, you have your own thing. You have your own thing you enjoy. Ro loves spontaneity. She enjoys surprise. I hate surprise. Don't surprise me. 
because I don't know if I'm going to like it. Don't take me to a new restaurant. Take me to the one I know. Every restaurant I go, I get the same thing every restaurant because I know I like it. And so when Rose says, where do you want to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, that's connecting with some of you. When Rose says, where do you want to eat? I'm not like, well, what, what, what range of food am I thinking? I'm thinking, what exact dish do I feel like? You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's just how I judge where I want to eat. Well, it's just because I'm a planner. And so one of the worst things for me is disappointment. When, I, when you plan something and then it doesn't work, that's just awful. Um, like my fantasy team. I mean, I, I, I could just name some guys on football fantasy, man, who just major massive disappointment. This is difficult because I'm a, because I'm a planner. Well, well, planning is good and God uses that gift inside of me, but sometimes that can be uh, an expectation killer. Because if you're planning and you, 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 you're trying to see a pattern, you're trying to see a trend, sometimes the trend's not that good. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is going to be awful. Right, like Christmas Eve service last year. The trend was not good. <laughs> we showed up. Uh, we didn't have a Santa costume for Santa. So Santa, oh, John, John bailed us out with like a bathrobe. He had a red bathrobe. It was, it was... It was awesome. Um, it was awesome. We had a big brick wall set up, and then we were going to have a fireplace. We had like a, a TV, not as cool as this, but it was going to be like one of those fake fire things. But that wasn't playing, so we just had a black TV behind a big guy in a bathrobe. <laughs> I'm like, this is awful. We, we are the worst. We are not the okayest church. We are well below that. We are, we have sunk to new love. And I, I was just, it was just my expectation was like way down here because of everything that was going wrong and the way things were trending. But then all of a sudden people come in and people raise their hand to receive Jesus. And uh, this room is full of people worshiping and connecting with God. And I'm like, well, I guess God can do anything at any given point, even when we don't have a perfect Santa costume and a fireplace. Maybe God's bigger than my plans. And, and that's, that's one of the, the hardest things. And the, I, I think Zachariah would associate with me. I think he was a planner. I think he was thinking, man, if we're going to get pregnant, it's going to have to happen pretty soon. It's going to have to happen pretty soon. And then 10 years later, 20 years later, it still hasn't happened. He's not bitter about it. He's just written it off as impossible because he's a planner. There's a process. There's a process. Everything's got a process. And you don't accelerate the process. And there's, there's, there's definitely some good points to that. You know, life ain't Tecmo Bowl. But uh, those, those video gamers that remember, if you had Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl, if you had one second left, you could score a touchdown from anywhere on the field. And, but that's not life, right? There's planning that's involved. There's processes that's involved. You gotta, you gotta build stuff. But man, if, God, if, one, if I've learned anything is that God is not a slave to my process. God is not a slave to my, to, to, my, to my perceived or lack of perceived progress. I was talking to, to Romeo. I don't, I don't know. Romeo, Romeo and Jackie come to the next service. I was talking to Romeo a couple weeks ago and he was telling me all the stuff God's been doing in his life. How just like, like this time last year, I don't want to speak for him. I'll have him share his own testimony sometime. But he was, let me just say he was in a very different place. Very different place. I mean, 
he wasn't in church. He was telling people not to go to church. He was, he was, he was in a very different place. His sons were in a very different place. They were all, he, he had drug his sons in, 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 into the same thing that he was into. And, and, and he was telling me how just like since May, like, cause, cause now he's coming to like, I don't know, several small groups. He's serving on set up and tear down him and his, he got baptized a couple months ago. Him and Jackie are serving coffee and donuts at the 1115 service today. I mean, like, you know, you, you see like where he's at and then, and then, and then you hear about how quickly he got there and you realize that, man, you can't just give up on people. You can't just write them off as well. They're never going to get saved because they're a part of that group or they joined that or they sold their soul to that. Not because they went to jail. You can't just write people off. God can do anything. Anything can happen at any given point and it might be just a matter of a year. It's just six months. God can turn things around and save people, redeem them so that you wouldn't even know. It's like, wow, you were into all that. Wow. Hey, God is good. God is awesome. That's crazy how far he's brought you so quickly. He's not a slave to our processes. He's not a slave to, to the way other marriages have, have been fixed. He doesn't have to work that same process. It's not, it doesn't have to be a 20-year process for you and your marriage. It doesn't have to be a 15-year process for you and your kids. I mean, he, he, anything can happen. Any given point. Zachariah, it's time, bud. I know you've been trying for 40 years, but now you guys are going to get pregnant. And Zachariah can't even believe it. Why? Because the voice of expected, the effects of his expe expectation killed his ability to believe. My second point for you today is uh, the problem with the process. Uh, Mary also had a bit of an issue, and if we can bring back up her statement to, to the angel, uh, the angel tells her this amazing news, and she says, how will this be? I think it's, uh, I think it's verse 30, 33, maybe 34. She says, she says how will this be? Most scholars point out the fact that she is asking a different question than Zechariah. Zechariah asked the question, um, will this be? Where she says, how will this be? Now, she's not doubting whether, she's not doubting the power of God. She's doubting the process. So she doesn't say, will the, you know, give me a sign so that I know these things will actually happen. She believes they will happen because the angel doesn't rebuke her. But she says, I'm a little tripped up on the how. How will this be? since I am a virgin. It's interesting that the same thing that tripped up Zachariah's belief in the power of God also trips up Mary's belief in the process of God. Those two little words after how will this be, the two words I am. The problem of the process for most of us is not our belief in God's power. It's not our understanding that God can do anything. It's that I am. And then just fill in the blank. I am not enough. I am a failure. I am uh, in this situation. I am at this income level. I am uh, at this level of inexperience. I, it's, 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 it's almost like the process, we believe that God can do anything, but the problem is he's working with us, so we are the limiting factor. It's the I am. It's the I am in all of our lives that really trip us up. We, 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 we understand, yeah, God can do all sorts of stuff, and it's pretty amazing what he will do, but really, how is this going to happen since I am? I am uh, uh, in 
I am addicted. I am in a habit. I am in a rut. I am in a cycle. I am bound. I, I am depressed. I am uh, uh, in, on this trajectory. I, I am enslaved. I am. How, Lord, how will this be since I am this? Because I am this. I don't see how you can do that. That there's this I am question inside of all of us. And the angel's response to her, I think, is, is great. He, he doesn't rebuke her because she really is questioning the process because of her current state. She says, I don't understand, uh, you know, how will this be since I am? And he tells her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. <laughs> the power of the Most High will overshadow shadow you. That overshadow you is the, is the key. That overshadow. This is, this, this is what I would love to see before we enter into 2018, that you allow the power of the Most High to overshadow you. That the great I am would overshadow the lesser I am. Overshadow. That means to be so much, that you stand next to him. He's so much bigger than you that you are living in his shadow. Psalm 91 says, blessed is the one who is under the shadow of the Most High. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That, 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 that there, is a, there, there is what you are. And, and let's, let's be honest about that. That does provide some obstacles. But if you would get under the shadow, if you would allow your I am to be overshadowed, by his I am. If you would allow your I am to be overshadowed, to be next to. And that's really what it means when it says with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, that word with, with God, it doesn't mean um, when speaking of God. It means literally, uh, the, 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 the original word is para. Uh, the Greek word is para, which means alongside of. So it's not just, uh, you know, when it's, 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 it's not just when we're talking about God, anything is possible. No, uh, that is true. But, but what he's saying is those who are para, God, those who are with God, those who are moving, there's a movement to it, there's a motion to it. There's a motion to the with. You don't just, you don't, you don't just see God from afar off and hey, anything is possible. No, it is only for those who are in the shadow of the Almighty. When you are with God, when you are walking in step with the Spirit, when you are walking next to Him, when you're allowing His greatness. The problem is not that your problems are too big. The problem is that your God is too small. You are not close enough to Him. You're not near enough to see his greatness, to see his bigness. You see him on the horizon of your life and he's tiny, but you're hanging out next to all of your problems and all of your complaints and they are huge. If you would make a move from this pile of stuff over here to be next to the Almighty, you would live in his shadow because he's bigger than your I am. He's greater than your I am. He's, he's mightier than your I am. And when, when you come next to him, you dwell in his shadow. You are with him. You are with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. It's para. It's like, it's like a paralegal or a, a parachurch ministry, right? You've heard that, parachurch ministry. Well, well, a parachurch ministry is a ministry that works alongside a church, but outside of a church. It's not a part of the church, but it works with the church. It's para, parachute. You've heard of a parachute, right? Very handy if you're jumping out of planes. I've done that before. It was a lot of fun. 14,000 feet, get that parachute on. It's, it's very handy when you're jumping out of planes. But when you're standing on the ground, 
You, parachute doesn't do anything. You pull a rip cord on a parachute when you're standing on the ground, literally nothing will happen. You'll hear a little bzzz. Not nearly as impressive. And I feel like sometimes we, we, we come with God like on the ground. It's almost like we take the parachute of God's greatness, the parachute of God's power, and we don't want to get off the ground because that's too risky and scary. And so we hang out on, on, on a level that we can handle. And then the pastor says, pull the, pull, pull the string and allow God to work. And you're like, well, that didn't do anything. Because, because God, you don't see the God doing the impossible until you are walking with God. There's got to be movement for a parachute to really work. But when you're jumping out of a plane at 14,000 feet and you're soaring down, to, down closer and closer to the ground and you pull that parachute, the, the motion, the movement of the wind enables the parachute and activates the power of the parachute. God's power is activated when you get moving. When you jump, you're not going to see God's power until you jump. You're hanging out on your level and things you can accomplish and ways that you can, can figure out life and ways you can work out relationships and ways you can, you can save money here and save money there. And it's good for you to do what you can do. But at some point you have to trust that God is going to do what only God can do. And you have to jump the para with God. You have to walk with him. You have to get close enough to him that when he moves, you move. And the movement activates the power of the parachute. It activates the power of God in your life. Many people don't see God because they're not moving with him. And so my question to you is what, what is God wanting to do in your life in 2018? What is God wanting to do in your life over this next season? What are some, some jumps that you need to make? <laughs> what are some jumps out of the plane that you need to make? For some of you, it might just be like, like to, to join a church and if it's City Chapel, that's awesome. If it's, if, it's, if it's Stone down the street, that's awesome. If it's another church that you connect with better, that's awesome. That's fine. But, but I, I'm, I'm saying for some of you, that's the jump. It's like, it's like you're on the edge of making church a part of your regular life. And that's the jump that I'm telling you. When you do that, you'll see the power of God. You'll see the preacher say something that, that touches you, that, that prepares you for what's about to happen in that week. You'll see your kids start reciting scriptures and telling you about who Jesus is. And I was telling my kids the Christmas story and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then John was born and then John didn't. They're telling me the Christmas story. Why? Because they're, they're having Eddie and Priscilla teach them every single Sunday. And so, so there's you, you like you, as you're, it's, 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 it's in the free fall. It's in the jump that you see the power of God. And you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't wait. You don't wait to see, I got, I got to pull the string. I got to see the power before I jump. No, that's not how it works because it's not activated until you're in the air. <laughs> and so it's the jump. It's the jump that, 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 that magnifies God in your life. Sometimes it's the jump of small groups. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm good with church, but man, I don't want to go into somebody's living room and sit around and talk about my problems. Well, cool, because that's not what we do. But, you know, but, it's, but if you've never gone to a small group, that's probably what you think it is. And you got to bear your soul and everybody's like, you know, dogging on everything. No, that's not what it is. It, it, it is a community of faith that encourages each other. And then when you figure that out, when you jump into a small group, and you pull the chute and you decide to connect in community, suddenly you have somebody calling you uh, when you're sick. You have people who know you're in the hospital, like Nick's in the hospital. People praying for you in the hospital when you're in the hospital. You have people supporting you. And the power and the jump, the, the rush of the jump is what activates the power of God in your life. For some, for some of us, it's, it's a jump of trusting God with our finances and beginning to give to Him financially, beginning to tithe. 
And it's, and it's risky. And it's like, I, I tie this 10% of my, of my earnings. And man, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't give up 10%. And it's true. You can't, you pull that string and it doesn't work. But when you jump, when you trust God, God always has come through for me. He's always come through for my family in miraculous, powerful ways. And I'm like, I don't know how that works. I remember Ro and I are driving around the country after we both quit our jobs and got married to be hippies. And, and uh, we had to eat out of a, a cardboard. I, we, I, I had a cardboard box about this big and it, was, it had about, it was about half full of change, pocket change that for a couple of years I'd just been dumping in there. That was my savings plan. And um, she married up, let me tell you. Um, luckily her parents paid for the wedding, so that worked out. Um, but we we're driving around the country and, and, and our savings are, man, okay, so we said that'll be our food box, um, which means a lot of snack, snack things at McDonald's, whatever those snack thingies were, $1.50 each, it works. And, and so we said, well, this is, this is our food box and this is what we eat out of. And I'm not kidding, for two months, we drove around, visited different churches, interviewed different places, blah, blah, blah. We always grabbed quarters and dimes and nickels out of the food box. And the food box just kept, like, we, there was, I was like, no, it's, it's all pennies by now. No, okay, we got, we got $3, cool, we'll go in to get some, get some uh, tortillas from HEB, you know, and a little bit of one of, those, one of those chickens, you know, cut it up, put it in there. I mean, we, we were resourceful, but the food box just kept on giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And we, we would go to churches and we're like, well, hey, we haven't tithed this week. We need to tithe. So we write, so we write checks. We, we, we give God the big checks and eat out of the food box is what I would suggest. And you'll see that God like just keeps filling up the food box. And it's like, we, we still always had enough. And it's crazy. As soon as we stopped, as soon as we stopped traveling, as soon as we landed where we were, I said, man, I got a great thing going on here. I'm going to keep eating my lunch out of the food box. Within a week, the food box was gone. I said, all right, I guess I can chuck this thing out. It is all pennies now. But God takes care of you. And it's when you jump, though, you got to jump. He doesn't do it first. He does it after the jump. So I've asked Dallas to lead us in this one last worship song. And may the Lord just speak to us as we sing this song. Uh, may we see where he wants, wants us to go this year.
just let it 